0: Welcome to Infinity Rewatch, it's me, Andrew Fantasia, and as always, I am joined by this man whose name is spelled with one N, -N N-O-Y, and it is exactly where you think it is.
1: (laughs) What's up, everybody? Ryan J. Marvel here, and we are back doing some Infinity Rewatching, and uh, today is She-Hulk Episode 4, or as I'd like to call it. The, where I like to call Marvel Strikes Back because they made fun of the fans a lot in this one.
0: Ooh
1: yeah. And you know what they the fans deserved it us <laughs> They trolled us so hard in this one. Oh man, it's so good. I honestly, I was uh I was not I was not surprised and I'm not let down either cuz it's kind of like it's you're right. We deserve it at this point. We poked a lot of fun at them. It's their turn in the right show and platform to, to make fun of us at this point.
0: Yeah, it is. And it's, I mean, I've said many times on this show, I'm not a Twitter fan. Like, I just don't like it there. It's not a, a comfortable, healthy place to be. Um, but like over the past two weeks, I found myself on Twitter more often than I used to be. And it just so happens that, you know, the past month has been a huge month for TV. You know, we've got the Sandman, we've got She-Hulk, we've got the Rings of Power, we've got Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. And everywhere on Twitter, no crevice is safe from just bombardment on these shows for the stupidest little things. And it's just served as a reminder to me, this is why I don't come here. This is why we can't have (laughs) nice things on Twitter. So, if, if, yeah. if you like, what perfect timing for me to try to get back into Twitter uh, to remind myself why it's not worth it because this, because this is not worth it. And I'm so glad Jennifer Walters called everybody out today.
1: Oh, man, did she ever? And not only that, like, you know, we always talk about on this show how Kevin Feige kind of indirectly talks to the fans through the show. Like he's talking to the fans. He's like, "Hey, we hear you. It's happening. Don't worry. Here's a little thing for you to keep you on on the right track." Um, this time around, it's like, it's just like, like let's start with this magician. First of all, I loved how heavy metal this uh, this this episode was. <laughs> I, you know, when Thor Love and Thunder, which also came out today, when they did the new intro, it was like. Like, they did this, like, 80s metal, like, like, I was like, I am all, like, I wish that replaced the the the, <laughs> the, the, the orchestrated version. And I was like, yeah, right, sorry, let's do this. And it's a freaking magician. And out of all the names, of all the names, they chose Donnie Blaze. That is the biggest slap in the face to the <laughs> everyone in the trail everyone saw in the trailer they were convinced it was johnny blaze and which makes sense because like it's a theatrical element how on earth they put a motorcycle in there is beyond me but they could have adapted him in some way shape or form and it would have been perfect but no it's donny blaze
0: if you look really closely you can see ralph boner in the audience. He's enjoying it, the hell out of that show.
1: Exactly. It's it's a total Ralph Boner thing. And and it's it's interesting because, like, so does that mean like we're not getting Ghost Rider? Because that's my prediction. We I I predict I am predicting that Ghost Rider will be introduced. The planets are aligning here. You know, you got Blade, you got the mysticism, especially mm-hmm. in this episode, which is interesting. Yes. Um and on top of that, you got uh on top of that with um sorry you had ghost rider in ages of shield and the other thing that's kind of aligning the fates is like you could easily do a midnight suns you could easily just you just take that exit off the highway and just like let's do midnight suns let's go and uh yeah no donny blaze oh <laughs> You because you can Boner,
0: it is a total Ralph Boner moment, but you can sleep soundly, my friend. I promise. There's no way, and no way in hell. Pardon the pun, ah. that they won't use Ghost Rider, the Spirit of Vengeance, in this, like. There's no way they would waste that opportunity. He's there, he belongs to them. Mm-hmm. They like it. It's there. It's there, it's just a matter of when, not if. And this was just, you know, a Ralph Boner. This was just a hey yeah, you're getting X-Men characters and we're going to put this guy, but eh, he's not who you think he is. Uh-huh. Um, and just to have fun with us because this was a very trolly episode and that's all part of the fun. Um, I want to talk to you about this magician though because I feel like this was an episode, Ryan, that was uh, modeled after my own heart. I don't know yeah. if I've ever told this story on the show. I feel like I must have at some point, maybe during a Doctor Strange thing, but I couldn't remember if I told it. So stop me if I start sounding like I'm repeating myself. Um, But I hate magicians, Ryan. (laughs) No, (laughs) I do. I do. I, I specifically the kind like Donnie blaze here. Um, I, you know, it's just, to me, it represents a part of my childhood that, uh, was so disappointing because there was a gentleman by the name of David Copperfield who would always pop up on I TV. love david Copperfield <laughs> yeah that man, that man was on television screens it feels like every other night in the 1990s David Copperfield was showing up and doing stuff, and I would watch him a bunch he would come on, and i'd be like wow this is this is the coolest thing ever and he was doing this one thing where he was going he said he was going to turn the stage into a haunted house and he's going to have ghosts and spirits fly across the theater. There was going to be this big spectacle. And uh, I was like, oh, this is insane. He's bringing ghosts into the theater. But of course, first, before he did that, they had to cut to a commercial break. Uh, so as they cut to a commercial break, the announcer says, you know, David Copperfield will return with his next illusion after these messages, whatever. And I turned to my aunt who was in the room with me and I asked her, I said, why did they... Why did they say that word? She goes, what do you mean? I said, why did they call it an illusion? An illusion means it's not real. David Copperfield's really gonna bring ghosts on the stage, right? She goes, no, 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 he's, he's just doing tricks. None, none of the stuff he does is real. And when I learned that, and I learned that that's how magicians operate, I was like, how dare you? How dare you deceive this naive child who just want, all I ask for simply nothing more, nothing less is for magic to be real. And along comes these D bags with their eyeliner thinking they're all cool. Uh, And like, to this day, it still irks me. Like I've gone to like parties and, and, you know, there's people there who do magic and they're like, Hey, Andrew, would you like me to kiss your card? And I'm like, Hey, Jack, would you like me to kick you on the balls? Like, I can't stand. I hate those people. Like get them away from me. So I love that this whole episode was just basically crapping on like horrendously, uh, pretentious stage magicians. Cause it's about time. If you ask me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's You're really open to Pandora's box on yourself. There. <laughs> um, I, I hear you. I hear you. You know, there's a cheesy, cheesy movie that I personally enjoy. And I watched, I loved watching it with my family. It's called now you see me and it's with mm-hmm. Mark Ruffalo himself. Um, and he's in it, and uh, uh, also Morgan Freeman's in it, and uh, also uh, Michael Caine is in it, and it's a it's about um it's about uh, these magician thieves,
0: right?
1: But but there's a moment that I there's a particular moment that I think that is really that really lines up with what you're saying, and the the main protagonist in this one you know he's he doesn't like magic he does he thinks it's stupid and all this stuff and there's a kind of like a sidekick character and and she kind of acts as like the love interest in a way and she tries to do a trick on him and she ends up figuring it out and she does the she performs this little card trick for him and and he's like and he's just like see it's deception it's totally stupid right like it's like, you just, you fooled me, kind of thing. And she's like, Did I, or did I just, did I have a moment where I suspended your, your belief on the, she says it way more poetically, but the whole, the whole stretch of the line is, is like, Did you not have a moment where you started to, did you not have a moment of disbelief? Like, just like a moment where you realize life could be more than what it is. And, and he goes, he kind of has this kind of like, aha moment, right? And that's that's the joy I love about magic because I love magic. I love magic shows. I agree with you. There are magicians that do annoy me and just makes me want to, you know, just knock them knock them flat out. (laughs) Uh, But there are really good magicians that make you forget the way the world works for all of like 30 seconds. And it's it's totally worth it. And that's what I enjoy about magic. That's what I really like about it. Is like, did for a moment, did you not have fun, and did you not suspend your disbelief, and just realize that there's there could be more to life, and uh, and that's that's kind of a neat little thing. It she says it way more poetically in the movie, and 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 kind of really lands the lands the moment there, but the the messaging is there, right? Like, mm-hmm. and that's the thing, and that's what I loved about David Copperfield's magic It's as cheesy as it was. There's a really hilarious one on YouTube that you can watch with terrible quality where he learns how to fly <laughs> and it's just so funny. Is he going like and this? Is... I think I remember that. Like, yeah, he yeah, goes yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> and he flies to the... and there's a woman and he likes flies around her all romantically. It's priceless. It is the best in magic I've ever seen. Uh but yes anyway, uh I really really love that. And uh the second thing is is magic can be a really good show. Like it can be a good like it can make you a really good performer in terms of just like confidence and looking really flashy kind of thing. I remember a show called keys to the VIP. And this one episode was about dude, it's about dudes in clubs and who could score the most, most numbers. Clearly the show would not fly today. Maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't, but anyways, it's whoever gets the most numbers gets the keys to the VIP. And if they get to the VIP, they get a little cash and they, uh, they get to, Critique the next person trying to get the keys to the VIP. Uh-huh. One guy comes in, and he brings with him a deck of cards, and he does magic tricks. And he killed that night. He got all the numbers. He was getting numbers left, right, and center. And he was he was funny. He was he was slick, but those tricks just left him like left other competition in the dust.
0: <laughs> See now, if there was. A magician like a professional stage magician who mm-hmm. approached it the way you were talking about where who approached it with that sense of wonder like if there was like a Mr. Rogers kind of guy who yeah. did magic tricks I think I could get behind that because he's doing it for that purpose to, to instill the wonder and to instill the suspension of disbelief and make you step out of the world and the way it works for a while Uh it, it's the kind of people like this guy you're talking about or like Catch Mm -hmm. Me If You, or whatever that movie is. Now you see me, now you don't. Like, I remember the trailers for that movie coming out. I'm like, you're telling me I got to spend, if I watch this, I have to spend two hours with these smug a-holes? I'm like, no, thank you. (laughs) Like, it's that old persona of like, look at my black nail polish. And now I'm going to open another button on my shirt and maybe guess your card. I'm like, oh my, like, like, there's not enough F-offs in the world Mm -hmm. for those type of people. Uh, I'm going
1: to I'm going to send you a link later, but it's (laughs) it's uh, because like there's the show Penn and Teller fool us Mm -hmm. and it's obviously Penn and Teller. We all know Penn and Teller. They're they're famous shock shock magicians Uh, and they do a reality show uh, where they have different magicians perform a trick and then they have to figure it out. And if they figure it out, then, of course, they're not fooled and you lose. But there's been there's been some really good magicians on there, uh, and one of my favorites is called his name is Shim Lim, uh, and he does this really cool doesn't talk, but he does this really cool just magic, and it's it's fun to watch. It's really fun.
0: Do you think Donnie Blaze could have fooled Penn and Teller?
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, but I mean, I okay, so let's get into it. So first of all, Donnie Blaze biggest slap in the face right there but the timing the timing is also interesting talking about the planets aligning like i said earlier with ghost rider first of all um you know now we know there's like a fiery world where there's a quote unquote goat man uh who who she made a deal with now we don't know if that that's just marvel playing around with us and letting you know the the feige radar go out of control like mephisto confirmed which is funny because that was one of your predictions there. So uh, Mephisto confirmed could be could be a thing here, but like we saw these demons essentially, which was a little later in the episode. But um, uh, yeah, it's they've opened the gates essentially. They have now literally, quite literally, opened the gates to what could be Mephisto's realm, and on top of that, D twenty three is you know literally this weekend. So the you know, you could tease go you could tease the idea of Ghost Rider, and then hey, by the way, Ryan Goslin's Ghost Rider. And we're doing Midnight Suns.
0: Right. Yeah. So the, and that's like the tease here is perfect because you don't open with Mephisto. You know, you work your way up through the lesser demons first, and you get at the mall pouring out of this hole. And then maybe you meet something a little bigger. And then we finish with him because, as far as I know of Marvel supernatural lore, which is not a lot, I think he's the top of the food chain down there, right? There's nobody more powerful than him. So you save him for those. I, I, I'm at this point, I'm like 95% sure they're saving him for uh, Agatha for the Covenant of Chaos. Is that the perfect would be- place?
1: that would make sense. And Agatha could replace Enchantress in that, in that idea. And cause Agatha does work with Mephisto a lot. So it kind of, it kind of all the things kind of align and stack up really nicely. But I like, I like what you're saying is that again, I think Marvel's doing the classic build it up story, which is like, you know, like we talked about with Iron Man is you don't start with the main villain first. And now because they have this Disney plus platform, they have these movies now. You don't have to go straight to the big events. You can build up to it and then really, really play it out. Now, at the same time, as as much as I am a fan of that, I'm also like, let's kind of get to the point. You know what I mean? Like, let's let's get to the you know get to things. But you and I seem to have little deferring opinions here because you like you like things to play out a little bit more. You know, because it's a show about character building. It's about building up She-Hulk it's not about the cameo appearances but my point is is that you know like when when we when it feels like a filler episode then you then you start to get impatient you know what i mean like you know it's a filler episode and the second you know that you're like disconnected right away now she hulk hasn't had that yet and in fact she hulk i think she hulk's platform works so well because if and i you know at first i was like this should be a movie but at the same time it shouldn't because it should be a law show where like it should be a law show, but where superheroes come in and like are having law troubles and it's, but we get all these cameos at the same time as we're, you know, where I think that we're getting this, um, we're getting this story arc of like, as she's being a lawyer, she's learning about power and responsibility through dealing with the cases in which she's dealing that, you know, that she's dealing with that happened to relate to something that's going on in her life. Right. So I think this is a beautiful platform for her. And I think that, again, I do think that the cameos, as much as she's saying they're not like it's her show, they, I think they're, that's, that's part of her show.
0: Yeah. It's part of her show. It's part of the, uh, the beats of the tune that is She Hawk is to have somebody come in and do a thing in the courtroom with her and then leave. Um, and I am all for, the nice, casual, low and slow pacing. Um, Mm. However, I will say that after this episode, Ryan, I am feeling more in the Ryan camp of like, I am totally pleased with what we've gotten, but now I hope this whole thing with Titania is the plot. Cause like, we are now over a third of the way through the show. Let's let's get the plot going. Let's get the main story going. We have mm. seen Titania for a grand total of like eight seconds. So if she's really our big bad, great. Let's make that happen now. And it looks like, thankfully, even though we didn't get her at all in this episode, still so it looks like we're pushing in that direction, which is yeah.
1: perfect. I think the I think the end uh, I think the ending of the episode was was kind of a nice way to to get us back into the main story. Like, Hey, this was fun. Now let's get back into the, the, the momentum of where we're going with this. So what I love about this though, too, and let's talk about the cameos. Cause this is, this is an episode, this is a cameo episode. Right. And I love that she teases Wong and she's like, everybody loves Wong. And she's like, here's a cameo. And now you guys have, it's like armor for our Twitter, right? Like, I love that line. Cause it just, tells you how how lame we are and like, <laughs> yeah,
0: really and lame as you being kind at
1: that point <laughs> but I love it I think I think even for Tatiana as as like an actor playing a character who's so meta and like at the same time like having <laughs> just having fun making fun of us it's perfect it's just so good um but I love that yes yeah, so, so, so we talk about Wong coming in and this is what I love is that like again we have wong come in on her terms in terms and by, by her terms i mean it's her show it's her it's not like um how do i phrase this it's not like loki where there's like like a multi-genre of themes layered all all on top of each other this show is a lawyer show through and through it's, you have lawyer show and superhero moments. It's literally a She-Hulk story. There's no multi-layers of themes here. It's literally a lawyer show. And then this is what I love. Wong comes in and he's like, We have a problem with this dude who I find is super annoying and he failed at the Carmitage. And she's like, All right, well, did you, you know, sign documents and all this stuff? Like, I love that. I I it felt like literally picking up an issue of She-Hulk. And it was like a Wong filled issue, you know, it, you know, uh, it's like She-Hulk number 81, you know, and then like um, the adventures of She-Hulk and Wong. And then it was like a little side bubble, like, uh, you know, Wong's first appearance in the story, like something like that. Right. Like it just felt like that moment. So I was all for it. And it was, it was so fun. And, and, and I love, and I, I love the line, like, Oh, you know, we do things by the book, you know? And he's like, ah, yes. The Book of Vishanti, like it's such a, (laughs) you know what it is? It's a culture shock. It's a clash of two worlds, in She-Hulk's terms, which is so fun.
0: Yes, Wong is. He's. We have to remember he's been so separated from the world, and even though Doctor Strange kind of introduced him to the modern era and all the things that that comes with, he still spends a lot of his time just in the Sanctum hanging out. So Mm. uh, he, he is still learning. We can't all learn as fast as Ultron, kids. We have to kind of pace ourselves and learn things. Luckily, he's doing that by ingesting popular culture. Wong has terrific taste in television. Because we got to see him watch not only The Sopranos, but This Is Us. So we know Wong has good taste in the kind of shows he watches. Um, I I think that it's also time, if we're talking about Wong, we have to talk about the breakout star. We got to talk about Madison
1: Madison, oh where did this God. lady come from? <laughs> I, you know, I, I, there's a lot of really good modern themes in this this episode, uh, with a lot of really fun modern characters. I want to say though, before we before we to, truly talk about Madison, um, is that originally in the first in the trial for the sorry, the people versus Abomination or Emil Blonsky, uh, we talked about how Wong doesn't seem like himself it kind of is now very clear that he is himself. He's just trying to uh, acclimate to the modern world. And he's trying because Dr. Strange (laughs) was not only able to come from a modern world and get into Karmatage. And then he became Sorcerer Supreme and he fast tracked it. Like he fast tracked it. So maybe Wong sees the value in like becoming more modern and like understanding the modern culture. So it, it kind of makes sense in that realm. And and you know, yeah, a guy can lose track of time in that kind of mindset. Um, but yeah, seeing him watch Sopranos, that was so priceless. Uh, funny enough is that my wife and I watched Sopranos, and I'm pretty sure the spoiler they dropped was just before where we got to. So it was kind of a spoiler for myself there and just like, oh dang. Oh well. But Wait. if we were really in if we were really invested, we would have we would have watched all of Sopranos.
0: That's the spot you just happen to be at right now?
1: Pretty much, yeah. Like, what like are the odds Adriana's still alive in, in when we were watching <laughs> it.
0: Uh, I still remember that day when that episode aired. And I remember my dad was bummed out because he had a crush on Adriana. I think everybody oh, had a crush no. on Adriana. Uh,
1: it's, the, it's the wife, right? Adriana's the wife?
0: She's Christopher's wife. The younger guy's wife
1: no she's like she's like oh that hits me even harder (laughs) (laughs) it made it worse no why oh i love that character Oh, Uh, sorry ryan she's gone (laughs) madison (laughs) okay let's talk about madison here first of all great modern character just the I think she's just a fun character. Like this is this was oh. the, who like the uh what's her name? Deborah Chow, I think was the the head writer of this. She had fun with this character. Like it it totally makes sense and it's just it's fun. I would
0: love. I think I would actually pay to see the audition sides for this mm. and to see people auditioning for Madison. Like can you imagine what that must have been like?
1: Yeah no for sure yeah just like but like the funny thing is is like that performance that that actress did she immediately like she she did such a good job that immediately you're like i've seen that kind of person before you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like it was that it's that performance that she does that she's so in it that you're like i have i i've seen those kind of people before and it makes me laugh so much it was um, a yeah, notch
0: f- more realistic than just a, like a caricature or an SNL sketch. Like it wasn't cartoony. Mm-hmm. It was just one notch above that where it's, it's just like you're saying, like, I know like two people who behave that way. Uh, yeah.
1: Like Madison <laughs> with a Y, but not where you it? Not like, I, think it
0: is.
1: <laughs> like, and it, the best part is it, it wasn't, it wasn't annoying. It was funny. Like ever. like the second, She-Hulk was like, we need to bring in a witness. And Wong's like, no, no, we shouldn't do this. (laughs) And I I was just like, I was like, no, are they going to bring her back? Like, I thought that was a one-off, like, you know, we'll see her like in the court and that's it. No, we got plenty more of where that came from. And it was priceless.
0: What sold me on Madison was the way she delivered the line uh, where she's testifying in court. And she says that he opened the portal and He sent me to a world of flame. Like just the way she said that so casually, uh, like, I'm like, that's, this is brilliant. This girl is nailing every beat of this character.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. And so like comedic, comedic timing and everything that that actor deserves a lot of props. (laughs) Whoever she is, she, she deserves a lot of, she should get like a, you know, supporting cameo award of some kind. Like, I don't know. She deserves it though. Um, So yeah, the trial scene was hilarious. I love that the Donny Donnie blaze has like a hype guy, which is pretty funny, <laughs> but okay. So, but Madison's interesting because Madison in terms of a Marvel, like if your eyes are set for like Marvel content here, she's a distraction from some pretty intense content. Because if you Ooh. listen carefully to what she's saying, she's saying she was in a fiery world where she, Did a deal with the goat man and he cannot be named so 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 there's a lot like i'm saying there's a lot more there than than meets the eye here because like she you could you could just wave it off as like oh this girl clearly doesn't know what she's talking about but you have to just realize that marvel is now like i said open the gates to to essentially what could be mephisto and i don't want to be like mephisto confirmed because clearly marvel's just toying with us at this point. They're just like, hey, have fun with this. But like at the same time, and yes, uh, for those of you listening, I was batting around a ball of yarn like a cat uh or like a cat would. Uh so at this point she has dropped probably some of the biggest Marvel lore into the MCU that is layered onto all these events that are happening.
0: Yeah and you're so right they they cover it with this distracting veneer
1: of hilarity, but mm-hmm.
0: she's basically introducing, like, not Mephisto confirmed, but Limbo confirmed. Limbo is a Marvel location and it is a world of fire where all the demons like to hang out and chill and listen to Britney Spears, I would imagine. So that's now in the world. It's now canon, kind of, uh, in all but name, at yeah. least. And like we said, we know it's common we know we have a Blade movie coming, we have probably a Midnight Suns movie coming, we have Agatha coming. So it's all going to be here sooner rather than later. So just the idea of bringing it in here, I think what this actually does is it helps negate the future arguments of like, you know, let's say if Blade comes out and a bunch of people are arguing, we're like, Demons were real this whole time. How come we've never seen them in the MCU until now? So now we don't have to have that stupid conversation because here they are, right? Madison brought them into the world for us to enjoy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that statement alone is just priceless in itself, which is really good. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and that's you're absolutely right. And I think that's what Marvel is doing. Uh, and you know, it's not the first kind of taunting that Marvel's done. Loki Loki played with us a little bit as well with like the, the imagery of the devil and, the, and uh, the pen, the pen. pen just being absolutely nothing. But she went there. She admitted she made a deal with the devil essentially. Yeah. And, and, and then later on, we actually get to see like these goblins she talks about, um, which is just absolutely crazy. Like, it's crazy. It is crazy how, how eye opening that is for Marvel's world, like the MCU, like, The MCU now, like we, we either went street level or we went cosmic and that's it. Like, and cosmic includes like the gods on your way to like space. But now through moon Knight, through, you know, through other, uh, through this show, like now we're going down that avenue of like, you know, you know, uh, monsters and demons and spirituality essentially, which is absolutely insane. Like, it's insane how wide this is opening.
0: Yeah, and it's exciting too. Uh, Mm -hmm. And maybe uh, what happens here might affect uh, even like something as small as Werewolf by Night. Who knows if that's still real. Please still be real.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I honestly, yeah, there's, there's so much. There's so much riding on this D23. I feel like the pressure is getting too big for itself. Like honestly, I would not be surprised if literally they do X Men, Fantastic Four, or walk out. Like they they could easily just and and it fits the theme and it's perfect. Like it yeah. it literally goes, you know, Stan uh, Stanley, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's been a few years now, or I, I think two or three years now uh, with Stanley's passing, and it's like, hey, now we have all the heroes under one roof, as you as you are aware, but now we can finally introduce to you. Stanley's original creations and here's the cast that will be playing them. Here's your Fantastic Four. Boom, 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 boom. Here's your Dr. Doom. Boom. Here's your X-Men. Boom, 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 Right, John Giancarlo right. Esposito, your Professor X.
0: Yeah, and that's a great place for it because those also don't take as much time as mm-hmm. the slate we got at, at uh, Comic-Con, right? That takes more time. It takes build up, whatever. This is less showy. It's just like, here's all these people. Here's who, like all the all Feige has to do is stand there and say, "As Storm, please welcome," blah 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 blah, and you know people go nuts, and that's it, because they're going to have a lot less time for Marvel, just because D twenty three is stacked, right? There's stuff everywhere; they can't just focus on one thing. So, oh yeah,
1: like all all he needs to do is literally Fantastic Four, X Men, and and within X Men talk about Deadpool three, and that's literally all he needs to do, and and on top right. of that. You're right. Like the most, the more the most of the time will probably be spent. Like here's your Fantastic Four. Here's the synopsis of the story, and here's your director. And director goes, "Yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah, it's really fun. It's going to change the way we look at Marvel films. Woo! It's going to be grounded and realistic, and you know, uh, it'll be really dark and bleak." Uh, but like, but literally, that will be it, and that's all they have. To, they don't need to show trailers. They don't need to show anything because they they don't need to. Everyone's waiting on the big announcement of casting. In fact, rumors already feel like they're starting to leak a little bit. Um, there is new casting news that... Um, did you see Free Guy?
0: No, I didn't see Free Guy. Mm, but I, okay. I think I know what you're talking about. The girl in Free Guy is supposedly Sue Storm, right? Sue Storm, yeah.
1: yeah. And it's kind of like too close to... It's too close and it's too far out of left field for anyone to question it. You know what I mean? Because it's just like like no one was thinking about her. I, I guarantee you it, and this is this is what Marvel does best. No one thinks about casting this kind of person and then Marvel does it.
0: Well, and I didn't like... want to reveal it too far, you know. D23 isn't happening yet, but what the hell? I'm going to spoil it. We all know it. Ryan, you have been cast as Reed Richards. It's <sighs> confirmed. That it's there it is. NDA,
1: bro, we're not supposed to talk about it.
0: Oh! What's Feige going to do? She- oh, What's
1: that? What's that out my window? What's going on? <laughs> oh, my God. Get out. Get out. Uh, but, yeah, no. it's But, yeah, it's it's just too close. But my point is, again, like like they could announce Ghost Rider. They could announce, like, all sorts of things. But I would not be surprised. Like, And, and going back, this show has been – this episode has been very tangy. Like, there's a lot of tangents here. But bringing it back in is that the the, the timing of She-Hulk is very interesting. And this show has a lot of cameos for some, like a lot of cameos for some reason. Now, to time it so close to D3 is kind of like, that's kind of a long shot in the dark here. Like, you're like, okay, we're going to come out with the show She-Hulk and it's going to have all these cameos and we're going to make it come, out, it come out near September. And and by the way, September's D23, so it would be perfect. So we'll have these episodes air, these dates. I don't know. It kind of feels too lined up and planned. But at the same time, Feige is a good long-term planner, like you know. So it's kind of uh, a weird mark there. But anyway, so but like like I said, like I think I think we're all getting overhyped with D twenty three at this point. Like it's gotten to a point, it's gotten to a breaking point where like the expectations of now, like and the expectations and the hype for it are, are right at the meeting point, and it could go over. Uh, but they could literally just give you three announcements, like yeah, we got Deadpool, Wolverine's going to be in it, and here's the casting for Wolverine. Uh, Fantastic Four, uh, we've been talking about it. All right, let's tell, let's show you who our Fantastic Four are. And then here's the director. And literally, that's all they need to do. They do not need to do anything more. They do not need to do anything less.
0: And I'm 100% okay with that. And that reminds me, actually, uh, we have a separate video that we made. strictly a video. It's not uh, on the podcast network here. But if you go to the Digital Charcuterie YouTube channel, you can find our video that we did on our bets slash predictions of what to find on D23 this coming weekend. It's a very quick video. It's like eight minutes long. Just some fun bets. Uh, You have your predictions. I had mine. And then we'll see how right slash wrong we end up being. And that's Mm -hmm. again, that's on the digital charcuterie YouTube channel. So if you watch uh, Infinity Rewatch instead of listening to it, Hey, you are already on the right channel. You don't even have to travel far. You can just stay in the car and just change lanes and you're there one
1: one quick thing i want to want to add when you watch the video and this is why you need to be doing both uh Mm -hmm. listening and watching and listening and watching um is that i mentioned who are they going to introduce for superheroes i meant who are they going to introduce as new superheroes like nova ghost rider wonder man stuff like that right so that was my prediction in case you're wondering because Like I said, like they're gonna introduce, they're gonna do twelve casting announcements. I think was my number, Um, and I'm like, and of them, uh, of them are like new superheroes, or of them, I said superheroes are this. I don't want people to think they're gonna introduce four superheroes and then, (laughs) and then the rest of the announcements are villains. I just meant like the newer superheroes probably gonna be around like four that we're not expecting.
0: Four that we're not expecting. That's fair. Yeah, Yeah. there's gonna be a little bit that we're not expecting, too. I think the
1: primary... I think, like, one quick primary thing I'm gonna say for the X-Men is they're gonna announce the casting of Rogue, they're gonna announce the casting of Wolverine, they're gonna announce the casting of Storm, and they're gonna announce one more character. I don't know who that's gonna be. Maybe Professor X. And then... But they could do an Eternals thing where they literally have the entire X-Men team lined Mm. up and then the, like them and their like outfit above them like the concept art i hope they do that because that eternals despite despite eternals is rocky road um the way they presented them was pretty pristine
0: and those are still some of the nicest costumes that they've ever done in a franchise full of nice costumes so yeah i hope they do that too
1: but Uh, let's bring it back to she-hulk
0: yeah i got a theory for you ryan you ready for this
1: yeah i love theories
0: jennifer's date the date that goes well mr. doctor oh okay Mm. i don't trust him and here's why Mm. i don't trust him he's a doctor what kind of doctor did he say
1: he was i don't recall it was kind of like he kind of kind of muttered through it to be honest with you Mm -hmm. and then she made fun of him too she made fun of him saying like what kind of doctor is that anyway
0: yeah, she kind of challenged him on it, but he I, like, he gave her a, a name, like a type of doctor, and it sounded real. And I'm like, okay, I think I've heard that before. This sounds like a real doctor. Uh, and I think he might very well be a real doctor of sorts, but here's the thing, maybe. <laughs> Doctors are smart people, right? right? So I refuse to believe that a doctor would knowingly go on a date with a Hulk and then not know that she had a human form. Uh, So I think that this is some kind of uh, more subtle approach than the wrecking crew of getting a DNA sample. As the saying goes, you don't use a bulldozer to dig out a China cup and that's one of the wrecking crew is literally named Bulldozer. So I think this guy is the more precision instrument. He's the scalpel, a doctor, who's getting the DNA sample in a a different way. And I think he succeeded because he left there in a hurry. Uh, And I don't, this BS of like, oh, who are you? Uh, Who do you think? (laughs) Like, Don't you know how the Hulk works, pal? So yeah, I don't trust this guy. He may be a doctor. He may be lying, but I think he's definitely there to swipe some blood or saliva.
1: Interesting theory. Interesting theory indeed. Um, I don't know. I I I, I like your theory. I think it's good, but more often than not, sometimes you look too far and like I'm not saying you specifically, but like fans in general will look too the much. The royal in this. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the. Um, I think sometimes scenes like that, like I I think the only phrase I could say is sometimes a rock is just a rock. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing more to it, nothing less. Um, And I think that this is a guy who fell in love with one, you know, person and or, or fell, fell attracted to one person. And then once the lights come on and, you know, all the things, all the, all the uh, yeah, just the lights come on and all is revealed. Then then it's like, oh, you're not actually this person I'm attracted to. And then you walk you walk away. I think that's kind of like the feeling they were going for. And they definitely nailed it. Could you be right? Absolutely. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of you know people after her. And then the timing of it all, too, because um, I think er- either earlier or later in the episode, the dad comes in and says, we got to beef up security in your place. And she's like, well, I'm a Hulk. Right. Like. So there is that theme. Like one thing I'm trying to do now is I'm trying to see, like I'm trying to pay attention more of like taking a step back and looking at the simple story building here. Like not trying to look at as a Marvel fan and like ripping apart, like every little detail, like a Sherlock Holmes. But like, (laughs) like for me, like what was the theme of this episode? And the theme of this episode is, is like people can be fake. And you know, like the, you know, you have the magician, Donnie blaze. He's a con artist, like it's very fake. fake, very fake. She goes on a date and the guy talks about people are fake. And then, um, and then, uh, she goes, she goes, uh, or she has a drink with her friend, uh, Nikki. And she talks about, you know, why don't you, why don't you go on matcher as she Hulk? Why don't you be fake? Right. So like that kind of thing. And that's why she's like, I thought you didn't like the She-Hulk name. Oh, I think, you know, it's catchy. Right? Like yeah, catchy. market it. Yeah. So you, you should market it kind of thing. So I that's why I'm like, I li- I do like your theory. And I, I could easily just just agree with you and like totally pick it apart. But at the same time, if based on your philosophy of like you love the story to build out and you love the character to build out, this was about what it is to be fake and like you know like the fake it till you make it you know that kind of thing Mm -hmm. so and and how does she hulk learn from that i think that was the theme of this entire episode
0: and you know what buddy the beauty of it is if that's the case if i'm totally wrong that still makes for a wonderful interesting story so yeah either way i'm
1: happy (laughs) i loved i loved how awkward that scene really was because it's like it you know there are like there are situations like that people go through right like it's just like you have this incredible you know night with a person and then the next day they're a completely different person and then you're you're totally shut out and you're just like you know why you're just like you want to walk away because this person's not who you think they were right so that that that's a feeling we all do share and that i think you know that scene had just the right amount of breathing room to really land that, and really did a good job at that. And then we kick into, you know, the the subpoena. The, the subpoenas. I love how the the length they go to to serve people, and that in that uh, in that in that world that a guy has to come dressed up with a gift box and just like just show me the just show me the subpoena. Like, what am I being served on now?
0: Have you ever been served any kind of papers? Yes, I have. Is it that kind of thing where like somebody shows up and they they go under like a pretense of like hey, are no. you
1: Ryan? Uh not not in the sense they come with like a giant gift box and like yeah, hey, it could be anything. <laughs> yeah, it could be anything, right? No, it's just a person in a suit comes and just they ask for your name and they go uh you've been you've been served and then they give you a letter and then you you read through it. Wow. and just so just so we're all aware before anyone starts <laughs> thinking this is going to take a dark turn i i got an offender bender and uh and the person uh the person at the time i called the ambulance and everything the person didn't ask for ambulance they didn't and then we exchanged insurance information and then that was all the, the last i heard about it and then like fast forward two weeks later the person comes in a suit and says you're being served. And the interesting thing was about it, was that was the absolute last day they could serve me. Wow. So, yeah.
0: Like, I always found those people really fascinating. Like, where did this person approach you at your place of work? Uh, No, at home. At home, okay. So like, this
1: guy found your
0: address, tracked you down. Like, I wonder what he would have done if you were just not at home
1: yeah well i think they would have tried again like i but i my understanding of the situation i don't know how it fully works my understanding was the situation was like the the day they could register and serve was like the last possible day based on based on the letter or something like that but anyway but yeah so that was the whole fender bender thing and then and then thankfully like i wrote down my story and like i told i told the the cops all the details and everything so it was all like on paper that like this person refused Medical care and like everything, and then later on, they they tried to put it back on me. So, wow, yeah. So, uh, but it's but I thought that was really funny that like she's just like just show me the paper. (laughs) And and what also is funny about that scene, as well, is that the whole reason why She Hulk exists, the whole reason was that Hulk got so successful. uh, There was a TV, there was a TV studio that was trying to uh, capture the Hulk show because it was doing so well that they were going to do a female version. And in order to beat the copyright claims, Marvel put out the fastest comic ever, and that was She-Hulk. And they literally threw it out there just to avoid any... like That, that way they could trademark it, and that was it.
0: That's right, because that was around the same time that the, uh, the Bionic Woman show had come out. As a, yes. a flip side to the uh, $6 million man. So whoever was in charge of that Hulk show, I, I don't know which studio it was. But yeah, they were trying to rush the same thing. And then Stan Lee's like, oh, no, you don't.
1: <laughs> Just always one step ahead, Stan. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, it's quite amazing. It's It's quite amazing if you think about it. Because like, they rushed it. They, they rushed that show or sorry, they rushed that comic out. And yet they still created one of the most iconic characters, right. Like despite She-Hulk, you know, people could argue that she Hulk's kind of like a B-listing character. She's not, she's been around a long, she's been around since the silver age of comics and she made such big waves. She's been a part of some big stories um, and she's just a fun character. She's a really fun character.
0: I was at. Do you know Gotham Central Comics in Mississauga? I'm sure you must yes. have been there. Yeah, I was oh, yeah. there last week, and they. It's it's so tempting, Ryan. I have to stop myself because they had almost all the Marvel omnibuses, right? And they had the Ooh. She-Hulk one there, and the She-Hulk one was there, and it was staring. At me. And they had like the Spider. I went like in the back area, and they had all the other ones. And like those things are like a hundred bucks a pop. If I was rich, but they're beautiful, man. And there's a lot of issues they pack in there, so it's like,
1: uh, Yeah, bit, it's it's, it's interesting because okay, so it's funny you bring that up, and perfect timing too. So I sent you as a gift once. I sent you a comic that like basically tells the entire Marvel story in a comic book. Like it it gives you the Marvel comic universe, like yeah. in, in in two volumes. I think it. So what they've done now is they've created a series for each character. So they've done one for She-Hulk. They've done one for Hawkeye. They've done one for Spider-Man. They've done one for uh, uh, Doctor Strange. So like those ones, I'm actually t- a little more interested in. Um, I was interested in the Moon Knight omnibus at one point, And I was like, oh man, I want to check this out. But I'm kind of more on the idea of like this comic run. Cause like, There's actually been a couple of comics that they've done that is like, there's one called Avengers forever. And so they had like a solid story arc for the Avengers that kind of ended in like just before the nineties. And then they started doing these different storytelling series, but then they did a comic book run called Avengers forever. And they literally continue exactly where the eighties one, like late eighties one ended and continued the story. So mm-hmm. it's like a full story arc, which is really cool. My brother introduced it to me, and the best part is about those comics is they kind of do a modern, um, a modern art style of the classic art style. So it's literally the same look and feel, but it's just modern, and it's it's really uh, a really good way of storytelling. But the reason why I, the reason why I bring it back up is like they do these they do these. Um, like overarching story like major story arcs of the character and they'll put it in one comic and it's like half it's half that price easily and for me i've been going more the digital comic route because i literally my apartment is very very tiny Mm. i'm running out of room for all this stuff so now i'm going more digital and it's pretty sweet like i have a great uh laptop that's like a it's it's the surface pro 8 you know got a rep uh but it's (laughs) surface pro 8 but it's it's a tablet it's a tablet that performs like a laptop essentially um it has a full laptop processor and everything but uh but it's great for me for reading comics cuz it literally is like a nice easy thing to hold and i can just swipe through and and read as if i'm reading an actual comic so i i'm thinking about getting the digital comics of those because they're they're way more affordable and i could just grab them at any time and just weed through it
0: those ones are cheaper those classic ones
1: <laughs> yeah um I can look it up for you, but I think it was like 20 bucks
0: for an Omnibus on digital.
1: It's not like an, don't think of it as an Omnibus. It's it's like, it's like a beginning. It's like, here are the beginning comics of stories. You need to know about this character. Oh,
0: right. Yeah. The, uh, like the, the greatest hits essentially.
1: Uh, yeah, it's the ah. greatest hits, but it's like the greatest hits of like critical character development for this character. Cool yeah i seven. might i actually might i'm very tempted to get them because like there's like doctor strange for example like they they actually had a really good layout of his story based on the previews i saw it was it was worth checking out oh nice yeah those and, be- and again if you like that comic i gave you that then you'd like those comics because that's exactly what they do
0: are they like super tall like that one too Oh nice. Yeah, that was a really nice book that you gave me. Yeah. Uh, that whole history spanning thing is beautiful to look at too. Every page was just like
1: whoosh. I have good. T- I, I, I am not a good consistent gift giver, but when I have those moments, I have those moments. You know. That not was to, a- not to toot my own horn, but I do. No, <laughs> oh, you had
0: you had that moment, my friend, chewed away. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, well, so anything else we want to say about episode four of the Hulkling.
1: Where's, where's Daredevil? Oh, he's coming. He's coming. Let's get no, that, let's get that appearance coming here. People. I want to see. I'm more like, where's Titania?
0: Like <laughs> she's <laughs> let's have our main villain actually be in the show. Uh So, and once we get to her, then everything else that comes will be just the cherry on the Sunday. And that includes mm. Daredevil. And apparently weren't we supposed to be getting howard the duck in this show or was that all just hearsay you remember I that think i
1: was here i i remember that i remember that coming up but i think that's hearsay
0: oh that's too bad
1: i know um yeah no i i would like to see howard the duck personally. i think he might be like a very last cameo like you know kind of thing Maybe. uh but uh but do you think what are the odds sir that uh yeah i'm asking it i'm doing it doing the thing doing the thing all right what are the odds that titania will only have appearances in the the beginning the middle and the end i
0: hope they're low because a that's your main villain and b it's jamila jamil i want to see as much of her as i possibly can so i'm gonna say If they're smart, 23% at most.
1: What about you? Pretty low number. Mm -hmm. Um, I honestly think it's pretty high, actually. (laughs) Here's, Here's why, though. Here's why. Because... You could easily do like a a beginning episode where she makes her appearance. Here's Titania. You do a middle episode where you go deep dive in on this character and get all the backstories to why. And then eight and nine, like on the latter end, you're going to get like right on the latter end of eight into nine. You get like the big conflict and resolution all in one. And then in the middle and in the middle of the, uh, the one like episode one, episode five, and episode nine, you get all the, the cameos and all that stuff with with some small, tiny, 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 tiny moments of like Titania's like deep and dark plan. It just it feels like that could be it.
0: That does sound like something they would do. In fact, I I think that the idea of like, let's say, for example, next week's episode being just Titania, like you only get Jen at the end, could be very likely too.
1: Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I
0: mean, it's cheaper, just from a purely cynical numbers standpoint, it's cheaper to point the camera at Jamila than it is to point the camera at a CGI green lady. So, maybe they do that.
1: Maybe. I don't know. I I just have a feeling that, that the just the way these shows have been playing out. But at the same time, like it's nine episodes, and we're only on four. So we still got five more glorious 40-minute long episodes of She-Hulk, and like God. Oh, I, hope I, I, they hope, use...
0: I hope they're 40 minutes.
1: Yeah. Well, they've been averaging about 35, 30, you know, seven, somewhere around there. Um but honestly after this man i hope they use tatiana more i want to see her in avengers movies i want to see her you know like uh, that is another uh, that was another thing i didn't talk about in predictions but there's a west coast avengers story that involves kang and involves moon knight and involves i think it involves she hulk and valkyrie and uh hawkeye but there's a there's a few ways you could do her i'm actually i wouldn't be surprised if marvel announces an a-force movie I was I've just thinking
0: them. A4s man. That would mm-hmm. be something else. Get Valkyrie in there. Get um I don't know if Gwyneth I feel like Gwyneth doesn't wanna do rest. No,
1: but you could get a you can get a Wasp Evangeline Wasp right? and Statcher. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or no, it's, she's using a different name now. She's not Statcher. Stinger. She's Stinger, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Stinger. Um you could also get uh uh oh your well, I was gonna say your favorite, Kate Bishop.
0: Oh, yeah, Kate Bishop. Yeah, I'd get Yelena, maybe that. I'm I'm already waiting at the theater. Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm already buying tickets. Let's uh... go. But yeah, I would not be surprised if they if they pulled that. They, and you can also get. Um, oh my god, I always forget her name. Photon they, Specter. Spectrum. 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 I think it's spectrum.
0: I just call her Monica because I I always mix up those two names. So I'm like, I know her name is Monica. Let's just go with that.
1: I hope she gets her suit in the next time we see her. I want to see that white trench coat so badly. We
0: get get A-Force with her and all those people and the white trench coat. And special guest star in A-Force, Madison.
1: Madison. But with the the Y, but not where you think it is.
0: Somewhere else.
1: That's what's going to happen. Yeah, I down.
0: I'm down for that movie. Ryan, where can the good people find you when you're not writing and directing this A-Force movie we just did? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: honestly, uh, you can find me over on twitch.tv forward slash Xbox Canada. If you have been checking me out on there, I apologize. Work's been a bit crazy for me right now. Uh, just me acclimating into my new role. And, um, and by acclimating, I'm, I've been in my role for a while now, but it's there's still, there's a lot going on right now. It's a busy, busy time of year for us. Uh, and then you can find me over on Twitter at Crusader Online. Uh, and yeah, leave your comments. And really, I encourage you guys, throw in your theories, throw in your questions. I, I I think Fantasia and I are just as excited to not only pick apart our own theories, but pick apart yours. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> uh, a fellow viewer came on a while back and they were saying like War of the Gods could be coming. I, I don't know. I mean, that's a good theory. I, it's a really laid out theory, but I don't I don't I don't buy it. Yeah, I don't. Just uh, because Hercules is announced doesn't mean they're going to do War of the Gods.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, and based on the the gods we met there, I don't really care about most of them except for and, right. and now Hercules. So uh, I don't know. Unless Wonder Woman shows up, then we might have something. But now she's She's going to be an A force. Uh, You can find me on Twitter, uh, dodging all of the negativity, uh, which is kind of like trying to dodge rain in a tsunami. Uh, And then you can find me on Instagram at Andrew Fantasia, and that's the same Twitter handle as well. Uh, And on my own Andrew Fantasia YouTube channel, um, I went to the dentist today, fun fact, and they put on YouTube for me to watch something while I'm at the dentist. And I was like, I told the hygienist, I'm like, if you search my name, you can find my channel. So they literally put on my channel while they were checking my
1: teeth. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Amazing.
0: All right, sir. Thank you very much for talking about She-Hulk and Madison with me today. And thank you, everybody, for listening and watching. We'll see you next time. Until then, have a marvelous day.